even if we plan to hold the properties till we die, we can't guarantee that our children really want to continue on with with the business, you know? Yeah. They might have looked back and seen an, a kind of disorganized and stressful situation and be like, I want no part of that. Yeah. So they might have to sell. And, and what are we leaving? What kind of legacy are we leaving to them if it's kind of a dis, disorganized business? Yeah. It is a common saying amongst real estate investors that you make money when you buy, not when you sell. While this catchy phrase has value, it fails to convey how easy it is to lose money through poor property management. Whether you self-manage or hire a professional, it is important to understand how to navigate the common pitfalls and challenges with rental properties without losing your shirt or your mind. That's why you have tuned in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating rental properties as a successful business. I'm your host, John Stiles, real estate agent and team leader of the VIP Real Estate Group at Bridge Realty. As a current multifamily investor and former property manager myself, I understand the headaches and difficulties of keeping an investment property from becoming a money pit and time sucker. It takes a solid business plan, it takes tested systems, and it takes key team members to actually find success. So let's take a deep dive and maximize your property value. All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of Maximizing Your Property Value. I'm your host, John Stiles. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. And I'm really excited to introduce to you our guest today, Steve Gurton. Thanks for having me. Steve, uh, thank you for coming in. And Steve is the VP of Business Development at Zenlord Pro. Uh, he's also a real estate agent with EXP Real Estate uh, Realty and uh, runs a team there. So Steve... Thank you for coming in. Um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about how you got started in real estate? Yeah, great question. So um, I come from the corporate realm. So I was working at Target Corporate about five years ago now um, in the marketing department. And it was the time of uh, basically when the Canada debacle took place, they're closing stores left and right. Uh, if you ever recall those coupon machines that had the when you checked out, they would always spit out a few coupons. You just oh, throw yeah. them in your bag. Yeah. That was us. So we would design those programs. Okay. Uh, and ultimately, as my team was slowly, you know, one person after the next, they were slowly getting rid of folks and downsizing. My wife and I started uh, investing in property. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure most of your viewers are all, it's rich dad, poor dad all day long, right? And so we're on that same track. Uh, read that book. It kind of pivoted my mindset of, building wealth and and how do we set my wife up, future children up, uh, and, and doing it in that capacity. So we started investing in property and slowly but surely uh, got my license to offset agent costs, right? You know, the, the commissions. I was like, well, we should, you know, get a little bit more margin on every one of these deals. So let's get my license. Pretty low barrier to entry is I'm sure you're aware, right? Yep. Go take the online classes and uh, ultimately go get licensed. So once I got licensed, that's when uh, family, friends started hearing what we were doing and they started reaching out. And that was a light bulb moment for us of, you know, kind of looking at how do we um, get to a point where we're leveraging the commissions that we're making off of those real estate transactions and helping family and friends with what we were doing and uh, got to a critical mass where we finally cut the cord at, at Target and uh, jumped ship and started the real estate venture. And uh, we've been off and running ever since. Okay. Yeah. For the properties that you were purchasing, were they primarily 
buy and hold properties or were you doing flips? Or? No, yeah, just uh, really turnkey units that um, we could sink our dollars into and get a little bit of a better return than the market. So it's either we're going to go invest in stocks or put it in a Roth or something along those lines. And we said, let's diversify a little bit. And so we initially aren't crushing it on the units uh, that we're getting. But as long as we're cash flow positive at the end of the month, that's what we looked at. Uh, and it just got my toes wet in there. Dip your toe in a little bit. And now we're a little bit more strategic with our buys just because we're more entrenched in the community. And uh, certainly building a product like Zenlore Pro helps you out because it's something that's rare and valuable that you know at least elicits conversations and connects with individuals like yourself and gets us more entrenched in the community. So uh, that's kind of where we're at these days. So yeah. So tell the audience a little bit about Zenlord. What is that all about? Yeah. So Zenlord was created. Um, I was really the the fourth piece in the in the puzzle. So uh, a couple other incredibly bright individuals from the Saint Cloud market. Uh, they designed a product, what wasn't Zenlore Pro at the time, but it was basically a software solution aimed at just kind of eliminating a lot of the overhead that is involved with property management. Um, and so they came to, they basically built this product for one property management company in town. And, um, you know, we went to a twins game, we had a couple beers and got to the point where we said, why don't we white label a product that's available for um, you know, we're all in the same Facebook groups, millennial investor focus group, right? Pretty large demographic of individuals that um, is also underserved when it comes to uh, resources. So you, you're never short of comments on certain questions, but when it comes to the operational aspects of the property itself, there wasn't anything in that, in that world. So if you were to Google property management software right now, you'll see the big boys like Bill Diem at Folio Yardy. Um, but there really wasn't anything that catered to that individual that maybe is managing one to 20, one to now our, our, our focus is anybody managing one to a hundred units. Um, nobody was really building a product that did that on a local level. So we took that concept and started building it out, started getting, uh, tapping into who were the champions within the local community and using them as our guinea pigs. Um, I was our first guinea pig, putting all my properties on there and, and cutting our teeth on everything. And uh, a year and a half now into it, we have a product that's out in the marketplace and various solutions for uh, the landlord. And everything is rooted in increasing profitability for the landlord and property managers that are leveraging our service as well. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned those other software providers. Um, if you're just a small operation, one to 20 or 50 mm -hmm. units, whatever it might be, uh, those large softwares are pretty expensive. Yeah, and that's all relative. Like you get to a point where as long as the system maximizes your return on time, right? And you're investing in that software just as much. And so um, we wanted to do something that truly at the end of the day, if you were to export all of the information on December 31st, you would actually be able to see, wow, Zenlord Pro saved me X amount of dollars, both as a landlord when it comes to all the services that we provide within that platform as well as giving you back more time. So how do we eliminate those unnecessary drives across town by you know, having somebody that is available for you to tackle maybe a move-in, move-out inspection or maybe even a showing, uh, those types of things. And you start looking at kind of the economy in general. We, we live in an on-demand economy in every other vertical. And for whatever reason, real estate's always been a laggard in that aspect. Like if I can order groceries with a couple clicks of a button and somebody brings them to my door, 
um, we're positioning our product as a solution that helps that landlord out, basically property owners. Like, how can you plug into something effortlessly and do it with no barrier to entry? So it's a freemium service. We have a free platform, okay. right? And, you know, as your portfolio grows, eventually you get into our subscription plan. And our subscription plan is when you look at all of the different savings, the the vendor discounts that we're compiling and all the enhancements regarding faster rent collection and little things that help your business operate more efficiently, the subscription plan takes care of itself. And it's still at a lower price point than what you're going to be geared towards at a Yardie or at Folio. Um, and we're tweaking it to then kind of be more specific here to the Twin Cities of local vendor network, all the plumbers, general contractors, electricians, everybody you need instead of going to Home Advisor or going to Thumbtack, for example, go to Google. We have all our folks on there and it's an economy of scale play. So as we get more landlords, we provide more value to our vendors. And so we're creating this really great ecosystem of, again, everything's rooted in profitability for the landlord. Vendors are getting free leads from, you know, folks that are raising their hands. And if you nurture those leads, eventually that landlord who may have bought their first property needed a plumber five years down the line, they now have 10 properties and you're their go-to plumber. That's a pretty huge value proposition. Yeah. Okay. So vendors are one key uh, feature of that you're tying into the software. That's one of our big differentiators that uh, you don't see at, uh, at Yardy at Folio, right? Because okay. they're national. Yeah. Um, they could, if they wanted to, start doing what we're doing, but it is very labor intensive. So we have a part of the real estate team that we have, you know, uh, we task our agents to also, like, instead of as an agent, and you probably do this as well, a value prop as a realtor is I got a guy for everything. Um, yeah. Our guys are all on the platform and they're available for uh, other landlords to use. So not only am I, exposing my my guys, my plumbers, electricians, general contractors, I'm getting them more business, incremental business from these other users that are on Zenlord Pro. And and now we're able to help out and instantly plug you into a network as a landlord that's just getting started out and somebody who who's proven they are going to show up when they're supposed to show up. And no longer do you have to send your contact cards to people. It's just living in the cloud and you just go and tap into them and away everybody goes and then the system will track everything for you. So what tasks are outstanding? What's completed? What do you got to pay still? And then at the end of the year, you pull your reports or end of the month. So if you're a property manager, you're probably going to want to report back to your clients. Like here's everything that we've done. Here's your expenditures. Here's your revenue. And now you're providing a higher level of service if you're that property manager too. So, okay. So you're saying that the software is good for a property manager and a property owner. Yes. Or either or. Yeah, we originally, I mean, and you learn, I mean, right? We're, we're constantly testing and learning. I don't know if you've read the book Traction at all. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Yeah, so a great book if you're ever thinking about, I mean, even in real estate, right? We're all entrepreneurs. We're all testing and learning constantly. And Traction basically helps us like quick pulses of who is our core customer? What value are we actually bringing to people? And so... A good chunk of our clients are that one to 10 units right now. Um, they're learning. Uh, so they're tapping into us education, right? They're heavy posters in that millennial investor focus group or they're on bigger pockets. Um, but now we're seeing this uh, kind of an exodus from larger property management companies. We talked about this before going on, but um, you're starting to see maybe sales reps from a renter's warehouse, for example. And now they're starting their own gig um, because they 
they learned everything they needed to learn about managing properties. And now they're going and starting and starting their own. And so we are aligned with those folks as well to give them a solution that's that's tailor-made to really, again, it's making their clients more profitable. So if we're able to do that, lower cost of entry for that property manager, they're more profitable and they're providing more value for those properties that they're actively managing. It's a great solution. So now we're, those folks are, you know, maybe 15 to a hundred units that they have and we're providing that solution for them and, and constantly refreshing our value prop. So uh, we're at the point right now where we are meeting with our core customers, our big, our big clients, right. And, and learning how do we bring more value to you so that you continue to grow your business? You know, as a property manager, we want you to bring on as many units as you possibly can. Yep. For us at Zenlord Pro, it's all about units. Um, and as we continue to grow the, the platform, um, really the solutions are the gateway for everything. But where our platform is going to be taking us is just that, that data yep. that we're going to have, which is going to be so much value where, you know, we can host meetups, which will be really fun. And we're talking about uh, what we're seeing flowing through our system because we're collecting mm -hmm. rent. We are deploying vendors. We are paying vendors. We are doing so many different things and touching so many different properties that we are going to be able to provide that information back. And it's a good, healthy ecosystem where we're not cannibalizing property management companies' business. We're fueling them and helping them and okay. ultimately keeping the homeowner at the, the crux of everything we're doing. Yeah. So that's a lot of different things that are yeah. very interesting. Um, <laughs> I guess one other thing I want to ask here, you, you, so aside from vendors, how, what other people are you plugging into the system? There's yeah. managers, owners, vendors. Is there anything else? Yeah. So uh, lenders, uh, lenders are a key one. So uh, for them, it's, it's savings off of closing costs. Like you get to work with the best vendor, best uh, lender in town. Okay. Um, by doing that, it makes it a pretty easy value. If you're going to buy a property and somebody's giving you $500 off of closing costs, that right there takes care of a lot of it. We're also partnering with realtors. So we're licensed agents in our own right. Uh, but we're partnering with specialists. So we want to work with people like yourself that are specializing in the four to 40 range in apartment mm -hmm. buildings. Cause as soon as we, we've already had, uh, users on our platform, raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to buy property X, find me something that aligns with what you're seeing already within my profile. We're seeing what their numbers look like. We're seeing how much they're cash flowing, what they look for. And we're, we're going to have a profile, basically, if, if you're familiar with bigger pockets, you know, you're able to put on there, here's what I look for. And maybe you're looking at a new market. So as we start to expand, so we, we have some properties in St. Cloud, we have a, a little bit of a network that's starting in Duluth, and we haven't pressed go there yet. But as we go, there's nothing stopping us from Duluth four to 40 unit investor raising their hands and saying, I've always wanted to invest in the Twin Cities. And now we're tabbing local realtor specialists because we want you working with the best. We don't, it's similar to when, if you refer your clients out to other markets, right? Do you typically yeah. refer them only to bridge realty agents or do you go on Google, look up four to 40 unit buyer's agent in wherever you're at and then call those agents and, you know, vetting them a little bit further? Yeah. I mean, it, it can depend a little bit there, but obviously you want to find the best agent for the job yeah. that's specialized there. So right. that makes a lot of sense. And we owe a fiduciary responsibility. So we're not, you know, some people might, you know, it, it, they look at us like, oh, you have your own team. But I would, I challenge my team members. Like if you don't 
if you're not qualified to work with some people, just because there's a commission check at the end, like you're not, your value isn't going to be there and they're only going to use you one time. So yes, it's great to have that one time commission check, but we challenge all of our team members to like actually bring something that's rare and valuable to the plate that they can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're going to, we want our partners lined up so that we know that John is the guy four to 40 unit buildings because he delivers consistently and now our Zen Lords love us even more. And so now you're back to that old ecosystem. And if that's the way that we want to create it. Yeah. Okay. And that's... then we, so we have, you mentioned, so lenders, we have realtors, we have, I mean, a whole slew of people in the vendor community that um, aren't really, you don't think about them. So like inspection companies. So when you're with even our residential clients that we work with, because we're buying and selling your random you know, single family residential buildings. What we do is we put all those properties, all of our clients' properties are going into the system. And we do that because we can schedule our inspections. We have an inspector. We can do anything truth in housing that we need to do before. It's all stored in the system. And we do that because it provides us a document and storage warehouse so that when our client closes, we just hand the property over to them. And when they need maintenance items for their home moving forward, they can just go into their own portal and schedule it. Or they reach back out to us. And as an agent, it makes me more sticky. So instead of sending contact cards again, I have clients who reach out and they're like, hey, we wanted to paint our exterior this spring. Who do you recommend? I can take care of it. So I go in, schedule everything for them and say, uh, so-and-so is going to be out there next Thursday. You're confirmed. And when you're ready for your invoice, you just let me know, mm -hmm. which is something that, again, is different. Not many people do it, but we're starting to see the benefits of it because we're holding our clients' hands after closing, which really good agents do. They do a really good job of incubating those clients. Um, and we just have that software automation that's on the back end and it makes our lives a little bit easier. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, one question might be kind of too technical for this discussion, but still <laughs> have at it. Yeah. <laughs> go, we'll go for it. Um, so if a property manager has several different owners, do they typically have one Zenlord account to take care of all those owners or do they create a new account for each owner? That they're taking care of. They just do it in one. Okay. So when cool. they log in and, and at the end of the month or end of the week, it depends on your cadence, you just pull your report and you dissect that report. It can be in Excel. We can spit it out in PDF. And yes, it is it is very, uh, for anybody, if there's anybody listening or yourself too, you'll see it. It's, it's, it's a pretty raw platform right now. The aesthetics aren't the sexiest, right? Uh, but as we continue to grow, I mean, we've been around for just over two years. So as we continue to grow and, you know, that'll be our focus. We're still right now aimed at delivering more capabilities within that platform that expands our universe of clients that we can help out. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, that's a great, uh, answer. Um, you know, the other way obviously would have been a lot more, um, clunky to be, have to log in and out depending on which client you're working with. So. Yeah. And there, again, we have, we actually have people that do it. Like we, we can provide the best practices. We can do that all day long, but we have some property managers who just set up their business where they're not actively managing the property. If that makes sense. We have some property managers that aren't, um, going out to the properties. They're just there to coach. Like we have some that are just like kind of creating this unique niche of a business of like landlord coaching. Hmm, okay. Um, so it's interesting. They'll say, use Zenlord Pro, and they go log in. They might share the logins and say, hey, we need to get a lease out, some of those different variables. So 
we let that all take place. But again, we're just trying to root people in those best practices of how they continue to get better. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, yeah, that's a great intro to your software. And I, I think everybody should go check it out and see if it can fit, fit for them. Yeah. And I think it's really great that, you know, obviously you're a local company here. So if people have feedback or, or something like that, and you're still yep. obviously still growing and, and, and improving on it. So we can all kind of improve with it and yeah. provide that feedback. So, and it's, it's the, the champions that we have, they've been so gracious as, as if, if you've ever worked with a software solution, it's stuff can break at times or, <laughs> uh, certain things we were dealing with. I mean, we, we do everything through Amazon. Amazon web services is where we're hosting. So we might, have everything looking like it's working and ticking pretty well on our end. But if something goes wrong on the AWS side, well, that trickles down to us. And that's again, why we love the community that we're in is because folks understand what we're efforting towards. We're, we're ultimately going to be getting to a point where you are going to see that you are more profitable. And if we make you more profitable, you're going to buy more property, which helps everybody out. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately that's, that's where we're going towards. And we, we know that we've had some folks have a clunkier experience than others, but for those that have reached out and said, why X, Y, or Z help us out? I mean, we're jumping in very quickly, all hands on deck, because we're a nimble team. And that's what we're focused on is just that value prop. Yeah. Yeah. Very neat. Well, I want to switch gears to a little bit more of the management side of things. Yeah. And, you know, if we need to touch back into the software solution, we can definitely, I imagine we will. Yeah. Um, but just the goal of this show is to help the property owners to think critically about their business systems and processes yeah. in order to, you know, be more efficient, be more profitable, maximize their property value, like the name of the show is. Yes. So I want to get into some of your experience um, yourself as a landlord and also as you're interacting with so many different landlords. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let me just, before we get in, it's the wild, wild west, right? And you've learned this. Everybody manages incredibly different. It's weird. We all buy these, these mini businesses, but everybody runs them so differently and no yeah. other world. Is, I mean, that just doesn't take place. Yeah. That's been one of our big hurdles is like, and, and the system is set up in our way. It's like, you might manage your your properties in a completely different manner. Maybe your accounting is different or whatever. Yep. You're collecting rent with check or cash, or you only do it through Venmo. These interesting ways that I've always been systems and process guy. Uh, and that's what was the allure of Zenlore Pro and building it the way that we were doing. Yeah. But sorry for cutting you out. No, no problem. That I mean, that's exactly right. We are all buying these little businesses. Each property can be considered its own business. And yet... We don't really treat it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Which, which is uh, mind-blowing to me. <laughs> um, knowing that there are people that haven't been to their properties in years. Um, nothing wrong with that. Like, I would say that's leverage to its fullest extent, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what is, at the end of the day, how are you tracking? Like, when you, I mean, ultimately, you're going to exit that business. I mean, that's why we invest in these properties. If it's five years down the line or 20 or 30, no matter what, when you get into a business venture, you should always have that end in mind and then kind of reverse engineer your way back, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's been an incredible learning experience of like people just buy these properties and they're like, I got a tenant in there and we're good. See you later. But they don't focus on like the how expensive it is to reacquire a new tenant. 
So you started, you're starting to see like side by side, they do such a good job of like putting the tenant first, like that's their thing. And they do a really good job. And what they're probably seeing is like, they retain these tenants year over year. They don't have vacancy and they provide a really, really great experience for the people that are paying the bills. Like they're paying, your tenant is paying. So how do you create a better experience for them? And then ultimately, if we all get like the end in mind, like you're going to be selling. And so you should have a system and a process that doesn't take you weeks to compile. When I, in real estate, and you deal with this more than I do, you probably get those one sheets of like rent rolls and improvements that were made, but they're kind of just, they're biased, right? Or they're not even biased. You're just, people just, they don't question, is this actually accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Like when did you actually uh, replace the furnace? You can probably get that paperwork, but how often were you servicing it? You know, people aren't, there's no tracking mechanism in place for that. Mm-hmm. And what were your rent rolls? Like, how is it, you know, over time, like, how, the last five years, not just this year, but yeah. maybe this year is a blip in the radar, which is, you know, as you're buying a property, you want that transparency. Yeah. If you have that transparency, it increases the level of deals that can get done by just saying, nope, I exported all of this from a seamless platform and a solution. Here's everything that has taken place at the property. Do you have any questions? Mm. That's interesting. Getting back to the to the software again there, right? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, very good. Um well, That's it, my world. I mean, I'm, I mean, every day, right? So, and, and I think that what you said is so important. People just buy these properties, they put in a tenant, and they kind of forget about it. They don't think about the end. Well, and many people, especially here in the Midwest, we don't plan on selling. Sure. So it, yeah. it kind of fits. Yep. But that's not necessarily the best approach. I mean, whether uh, you know, even if we plan to hold the properties till we die we can't guarantee that our children really want to continue on with, with the business, you know, yeah. they might've looked back and seen a, a kind of disorganized and stressful situation and be like, I want no part of that. Yeah. So they might have to sell. And and what are we leaving? What kind of legacy are we leaving to them? If it's kind of a dis, disorganized business. Yeah. And it, yes, you're right. And it's, it's, what's the purpose of every unit? You know, you get your short term, you get your long term rentals, you know, there's so many different ways of going about it. For me as a property manager, I'm all about the passive income, right? I don't want to be at my property. I think, you know, we have a vacancy right now and I've had to go over to it three separate times, which, I mean, for me, that just, it kills me. So how do I automate that? And we do certain things and, and by, while maintaining profitability as much as we possibly can. So, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's take this uh, thought process a little bit deeper. So if we're going to think about the end, what, how will we back into that? Which things can we prepare ourselves for in order to successfully sell that business? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. I, I think it, it starts with probably like the why. Like, why are you buying a property? Knowing like, do you want to go down this rabbit hole? Or like, if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of being that hands-on landlord, what are your what are your options? And run the numbers like. Profit and loss. Like if you're going to really want a passive income stream, well, you're maybe going to have to hire a property manager. You're maybe going to have to have uh, your vendors all lined up so they're consistently in there. If it's a short-term rental situation, like what at what point do you get out? Or what if something happens? Like the short-term game is incredibly popular right now, but it, it's scary. I mean, if, if Minneapolis or St. Paul, they start cracking down even further on them, they shut off those, they shut off the short-term uh, options for folks. Like now you have to pivot. What's your strategy? Do you sell? Well, what are your options for selling? How do you do that? Do you exchange it? Do you upgrade? 
uh, through an exchange. Um, I think everybody's roadmap to your original question of like what keeping the end in mind, I don't think that there's a true way to go about it. Like there, you have to put in the time and due diligence and, and understand like, okay, 10 years, this is when we're doing it and actually be held accountable for that. So it's having somebody else that helps you along the way and says, you said in 10 years, you're going to do something with this. Why are you still just sitting on it? Well, it's the path of least resistance. It's like, no, you're running a business. So how do you now take that one unit and get rid of it? What do you do with the proceeds? Where does all of that go? And, you know, my plan is probably going to be a lot different than 95% of the people that are in that boat because everybody's again, so different in how they're running these things. Yeah. 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 Short-term rentals. I mean, I'm not too worried about Minneapolis. I think they're more concerned about like a whole entire hundred unit building be short, being short term. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're right. You never know when the city's going to change some ordinance and then you have to switch your business plan and kind of, it's important to have some multiple options there. Yeah. And it's, I mean, also like getting within the right community of having mentors and coaches along the way. So something like you're delivering a great value proposition and educating and constantly leading with info, which is fantastic. And so if you have somebody that's holding your hand along the way, when, when shit goes wrong, pardon my French, but like when stuff happens, it's always going to happen. It is that mindset of like not freaking out and saying, well, that's done. Now what do we do? Like, what do we do now? And having kind of a few steps down the line without getting a little too out of control, I yeah. suppose. Hey everybody, I'm interrupting the show quick to make sure you know about the North Star Real Estate Conference. If you're ready to take your real estate investing career to the next level, then you need to attend this two-day event on April 24th and 25th. We have both local and national experts presenting on finding deals, flipping houses, multifamily syndication, commercial investing, creative deal-making, and so much more. Whether you're brand new to real estate or you've been in it for years, there is something for everybody at this conference. In addition to the great content, we have prioritized networking so that you can grow your real estate team. So click the link in the show notes to buy your ticket today, and I'll see you there. Well, one of the things you said earlier um, about a feature of Zenlord mm -hmm. is really important, I think, here. So you talked about the rent roll being, uh, or basically producing a report that shows us the rent roll not only today, sure, but, but what it has been in, in history, historically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a, a neat report to have handy. Um, what other reports are, are easily accessible through the software um, that could be helpful when you go to sell the property? Yeah, I mean, really a lot of it is revenue and expenses and kind of that vendor list of who's been touching the property. And that's what you want to know is, mm -hmm. has this actually been maintained correctly or to the to the level of what you want as somebody who's investing in it? They might tell you, yeah, we just got, you know, when you list a property, right? Sometimes it's list, lipstick on a pig and they painted it, and maybe, but they've done one coat of paint in 10 years or, you know, certain variables within that. Um, but yeah, I, I think you can dissect it so many different ways, but it is essentially like, Vacancy rates, how much, how long did it take? And you can actually see that as units start turning over, if you're not collecting rent, well, there's a zero, zeroed out line there. And so if you really want to dig in and, and some people don't, 
and I'm a data centric person, so like I love looking at that where I can sleep better at night knowing that like, well, this place has a 10% vacancy rate, whatever that is. Um, and I don't feel it because it's been proven versus a seller who's obviously not on my side. Um, they might tell me certain things and you know, now I'm SOL if I didn't do my due diligence and then leaning on those resources. I mentioned just having the focus groups and having the right community around you to say, is this a good deal for me? Like, is this a good deal for me? And without other people trying to poach it and say, where is it located? And then they go drive over there and maybe try to get it from you, yeah. whatever. But, um, for us, when you get back into the software, I know we don't want to get too technical, but like we can dissect anything you want. And so that's my point of it's the wild, wild west out there of how people are managing. We have our best practices and here's how they look. But some folks might want a little bit of a different uh, approach to how they look at their properties or maybe the buyer that they're catering towards. Because that's to my point, too, is when you sell a business, you're always trying to align like who's my future buyer? Who am I selling to? Um, and that's again, a focal point for you as a landlord is, all right, I got this nice business. It's humming. How do I improve it? What are my options? Do I reinvest in the business or now do we take our stance on start positioning for a sale? And then what do we do with the proceeds? Do we 1031? What do you do? Kind of that all takes place and I'm not a financial planner, so you deal <laughs> with that if you need to. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, one of the things uh, I try to ask my guests here is how they should uh, interact with their property manager if, if they're not managing the property themselves. And just as far as, you know, you've heard the term like managing your manager to sure. make sure that the property is not getting forgotten. Managing up, right? Yeah. So uh, if, if we do want to, you know, approach our, our business as kind of a CEO level and not having our hands in every single thing, what have you seen to be effective with interacting with our manager's Maybe through Zenlord or, or not, but um, yeah, any comments? As on a that? landlord managing your property manager? Yeah. Um, I think it's just level setting from the get go. Like, basically, when you're getting into a relationship, some folks just go to a property manager because that's what advertising tells them to do. It is like, why are you using a property manager? Like, in having those clear cut options. And then a property manager should be able to align a strategy that's specific to every owner versus just deploying a one size fits all uh, approach, which there might not be anything wrong with that. But for the growing needs of our community, there's so we've been learning, like, again, it's a wild, wild west. So everybody manages differently. Uh, I'd be interested and you might have the statistics, but what is the average turnover rate of how long do you typically stick with a property manager? Hmm. You know, how many property managers are you going through like a year long commitment? And I've always challenged property managers of like, why even sign that commitment? Like, what's the purpose of that is you should give your folks flexibility. If you're not doing your job, you're done or you should be done. Right. Yeah. Um, so I always challenge to say like, what are you looking for from the get go? That's how we're going to align our KPIs, right? Those key performance indicators. Here's what you've tasked me with doing. And if I do my job, well, you should continue to reward me in the form of payment, salary, whatever that is. If I'm not, then move on to the next and yep. then you learn or you adapt. Yep. Well, I'd be, that's a more of a question I would say for your, for you is like, yeah, when you're working with a new client kind of, and everybody talks about it, it's basics of business is like level setting and managing client expectations. But I think there's more flexibility that should be given because again, our economies are all going to like on demand. Like I can all a carte my way to so many different things. 
there are short-term rental businesses now that instead of hiring a property management company, you can just hire them and they're in the cloud and they mm-hmm. do all the booking. They, they align all your vendors for you and they're providing this approach where you can a la carte your way to a manager. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of the KPIs, what do you think is important for owners to be watching either if, either if they're managing the properties themselves or if they have a manager, which things should they be checking in on on a regular basis to make sure their business is performing? Ooh, I feel like this is you're challenging me on this because I'm not I'm not an expert property manager. So I'm going to give a couple little things, or actually one big thing, and then get your feedback as to you know what you would typically do going back to an owner. Right? I always start with the tenants, and I say, give me a uh, every quarter, send out a a quick little. Uh, Google form, if it's as simple as that, but getting reviewed by your tenants is huge. It's the same with business. If somebody is a realtor, if somebody leaves you a Google review and it's like a one star, like that's devastating. And tenants don't really have that available. And I would say like, put yourself in a tenant's shoes at all times, get their feedback. If they say the conditions here, I feel like I'm overpaying, then you dig in further. And I've had that where um, you got to go out and talk to them, but your property manager should say, how do we deliver a better experience to you? Um, without like, I mean, again, it's overhead intensive. Like how, how do you optimize your time to create, you have to scale and and reach so many customers, right. To make that a lucrative venture. So it's, I'd be interested to hear like what some of the other folks or what you've learned along the way of, yeah, what types of stuff do you typically provide back to the landlord? And that might help us as we uh, go back to the drawing table as a team. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like your idea there of, uh, having a quarterly or regular uh, feedback form that goes out to your tenants. I think a lot of owners, they don't want feedback from their tenants. They feel like, you know, I'm providing you a place to stay. I've oh, done my job. That's not the world we live in. It shouldn't be the world we live in anymore. Yeah. Right. Is like, and that's why there's this like landlords versus tenant, right? Like that's, that should go away. It really should. And it's part of the business transaction, yep. but if you create a really good brand and you create a really good experience, your tenants are going to be fired up and they're going to be excited about you. And the people who do that really well, you don't hear a lot about them. You typically hear a lot about the people who don't. So it's like the fishbowl effect. It's like you get one bad apple and now it, it, it makes us all look bad. And I've been in that bucket. I've, I have, I have wasn't doing a really great job when I started, but the more you learn and pick up, you're like, Oh, I should incorporate that. Yeah. Cause again, when you look at your numbers, if the if you treat your tenants crappy, or if you if you treat them like garbage and they don't feel valued, they're gonna go spend their dollars elsewhere. Like they're spending dollars, right? They could love your unit. They're gonna go spend those dollars elsewhere. If you want to try to increase those rents, that's gonna be met with hesitation. So you always have this butting of heads where like the landlords is just goli- this behemoth out there. So by setting those and 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 sending those feedback forms, like how do I get better for you? What do you need? That can go a long way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, it'd be well, about reiterating that, but yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, I guess from your point of view, like, how do you, as a property manager, because you're 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 in the middle ground, right? You're hearing all the stuff from the tenant. How do you position that back to your landlords? And I mean, because they want that that constant feedback stream. So, how do you, as you're in the intermediary, because we're not property managers, so we. You know, we, we let those folks go do their own thing and, um, we can only coach They're running their own business. So how do you do that with kind of the folks that you're working with on a regular basis? Yeah. Well, and and to clarify, 
I don't property manage. I yep. used to be a property manager. Yeah. Um, and, but it was, you know, I remember being the adversary in <laughs> whether I'm talking to the owner or the tenant, you're always the bad guy. Sure. Um, so I think it is important to, to lead with customer service, uh, make sure that whoever you're dealing with, they know that you respect them as a person, um, that you're val- they are valuable to you, to a per, to the business. Yeah. Um, just not treating people as a commodity. Um, so yeah, leading with customer service with related to what value does the tenant see in the service you're providing. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, you know, for the owners, um, or for ourselves as owners, you know, I think it's important to pay attention to where, where's your out, outgoing expenses, you know, sure. what, where are you losing money? Kind of like, you know, for me, I have to keep a close eye on my water bill Yeah, because it, it only takes, you know, one leaking toilet where it, the water bill can shoot up a hundred dollars or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to respond quickly to that. You have to be you know, monitoring it. So, uh, that's the kind of thing that I try to monitor and, and, but I'm not sure if I'm monitoring everything else that I should be, but yeah. so that's from the property. So from the property managers that you do, like best practices, there are folks that have like retention plans baked into their budget. Like, do they have retention plans for the tenants? Do people do that? Um, I think fewer third party property managers do. I think some owners do, and, and I've heard ideas such as you know, uh, you know, giving just a gift card at, at the, during the holidays, yep. or uh, maybe offering a, a maintenance upgrade at lease renewal. Yes. So yeah, I like that. We did. Uh, we've started doing turkeys on Thanksgiving. Okay. And it's one of those that like now if we don't give turkeys. Our, our, our tenants are like, where's my dang turkey? Because they've been there for three years plus now, and they've, they've learned, like, we just leave it at their doorstep. We leave a little note, and it costs us 50 bucks for a turkey. But, like, that's something so simple, and if they have a good experience. I mean, we've had tenants that just with the way life is or they get relocated for work, they'll move out. But then they'll refer people to our, to our units, and now we have a new tenant. Yep. So it's, I've, I've always been curious to see what unique ways people are deploying gift cards is a great strategy. Um, but how you actually incorporate that to make sure that you're not losing out on just potential. Yeah. And I know that there's people that have kind of a backlash to that. They like, I've heard people discuss this and then somebody commented, well, my mortgage company doesn't send me a, a gift card when I pay <laughs> them my, you know, my mortgage payment. And so there's a tendency to, to, I don't know, I don't know what to call that, but, sure change hesitancy maybe or yeah it's i mean that's an interesting yeah you're right when you're paying your mortgage company people don't you don't think about that but you're yeah. you're providing a little bit different service where it's like i'm so, if my tenant has a bad experience they could rip my place apart right yeah. yep and people that's why a lot of landlords get out of the game is because they have a lot a couple of those experiences but if you start from the get-go and you are very fluid and intentional about everything you're doing as opposed to like, I bought a rental property. Let's just throw anybody in there and then great. We're collecting our checks we'll, mm-hmm. and we'll deal with them in 12 months. Like that is the furthest away than, yeah. than how you should approach it. If you just touch them a few different times and without barking down their door, I'm sure the tenants, you know, they're not wanting a ton of information, but if you're delivering them something like in the, you know, to provide you a better experience as a tenant, like the hotel industry does it short term rental industry does it. 
long term doesn't do it yet, yeah. which is interesting. Well, and that's the other thing. If we can think about our tenants as our customers, and then so in any other sales type business, if you have customers, mm-hmm. then you put them into a CRM, a customer relationship management software. Yep. You track their birthday and you track how often you're reaching out to them. Yep. And you are proactive in reaching out to them and making sure they're having a positive experience. So I, you know, maybe I don't know from firsthand experience, but I I don't think too many people are doing that. Yeah. And it could be because of time, right? Well, that's the thing. It it takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. But it doesn't have to. If you have the right system and process in place, you can automate so much of that and take care of it. Again, on-demand, like you can have something automating that. If it's an Excel spreadsheet, Google reminders on your calendar, you can be doing these little things that, yeah, it seems like a a pie-in-the-sky type of dream. But if you start doing it, eventually the compound effect will take place. These little things add up over time, and you'll start seeing some residual benefit. And it's like, start, just try it out. Just test it, see if it works, and again, test and learn. Like, if it doesn't, then tweak and how you continue to get better. So I don't know the answer to this, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Oh, but does Zenlord offer this type of interaction with my tenants? Yeah. Yep. So great segue. So we have, it's not part of the free plan, but yes, it's a, it's not as automated. It actually requires our team to get in there right now and dive in, but we'll go in for those that are on our subscription plan. We'll take care of some of those tasks um, going out and proactively. Um, they, and again, it's through our CRM. So our CRM does a really good job of having a templated email uh, you as a landlord, you can you can tweak that if you need to, and then we just send it out. Um, and we're listing the feedback for you, um, and then you do with it as you may. Um, but we're providing that. The birthday stuff we don't have quite yet, <laughs> um, but we are running. And it's, it's, again, data in, data out. So we can only uh, digest what the landlords are filtering through the software. So most of the time, it's rent collection. That's our biggest thing applications would be the second deal. So if we, as long as we're getting the application, we have to be sensitive about what we're doing with that information. But we do have the birth dates. We have some of that information. Um, but we do walk a fine line of like proactively taking that information without the landlord's consent. So that's where it all drives. And that's why it's through our subscription plan because the landlords have kind of given us that authority to say, yeah, as a part of that monthly investment, you're going to be able to get all these other enhancements, um, faster rent collection, vendor discounts I mentioned earlier, but then some of these kind of a la carte options that, yeah, we'll dive in. Um, and we have to be still mindful of our overhead. And that's, again, we can't be in there at all times holding hands, but it's all part of that. The It's all part of the relationship that we're building um, because if we continue to bring value, eventually our landlords start talking to other people and they refer us out. And now we have a, a lot more robust network that we're dealing with. Yeah. So, yeah, what you said there, uh, maybe think about another question about your software, and that sure. is um, the security with it. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's neat that you have the ability to kind of compile the the mass data sure. and pull out some t- statistics and you know help us all learn in, from the market what's going on. But so that begs the question, so what level of security or control does the owner have with that? Yeah, so it's all through Amazon Web Services. So that's the gatekeeper of everything. Okay. And then we kind of just, 
we, without getting too technical, but I know you've asked the question before, <laughs> right? Um, which for me, I'm not, I'd let my, the developers deal with all the technical questions. Uh, but when it regards the, the privacy and all these other angles, same with our rent collection. Like we don't, we're not collecting the rent in Zenlord Pro's bank account, redistributing it. It's all done through if you've used uh, Cozy for rent collection, well, we use the exact same rent collector that they're using. They plug in a third-party API connection, they call it, um, and we're doing that with the application. So even though we look like we have all this, we it, they're third parties that they're set up from a security standpoint to protect our users. And that's a great question. It's like sensitive information. We get the tenants reaching out or uh, potential tenants, right? Uh, so we have to be very, very sensitive to it. And so that that's certainly, we're taking that into account of, of how we're going about it. Yeah, that's yep. great. Uh, wh one of the other things you mentioned earlier was that you, you've gone to a vacant unit maybe three times and that sure. caused you some frustration. <laughs> um, Not frustration, but just more of like, yeah, no, frustration is the right word. Yes, frustration. <laughs> so uh, what's your point of view of how often uh, a business owner of sure. their rental property should visit their property? Um. If you are managing it on your own, I would say at least once a quarter. Um, for me, it's around once a quarter uh, because my units are in general proximity to me. There's so many, again, it, it, if you're a DIY landlord, but your units are, what, 40 miles away, there's unique ways to maybe have a buddy who lives in the area just go check on it and you can pay them, whatever. You know, you got to kind of compensate folks. Um, I don't think there's any... I, again, without steering the wrong direction, I don't know if there's a need to be out there monthly, weekly, what have you. Maybe if you you have a single family home, um, but for a larger building, you know, I don't know if it necessitates it. You don't want to be micromanager, uh, always around, kind of poking around, and that makes your tenants a little anxious. You know, I'm always because we've kept our lines of communication open, um, and we've touched our tenants enough where. They'll reach out to us if there's anything they need. I just got a note this morning about some snow that's still built up on the on the uh, on the sidewalk outside, and it was like, "Yep, we're on it." And then I press a few buttons internally, and my tenants get a text to say, "Hey, we heard this, this, and this is going on. Uh, we'll have somebody out there give us three days," and that puts them and they're happy. They're good there, but. Uh, that's kind of a roundabout way, like best practice. At least for us, it's quarterly. Sure. To get out there. Yep. Yeah, that re sounds reasonable. I mean, I just think some owners, like we talked about earlier, they put in a tenant and don't see the property again for 12, 24 months or whatever sure. it might be. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things that could go wrong in that time frame. And there are some, I've, we've learned there's so many different business models that are out there. Some property management companies or, or smaller property managers, uh, they incorporate that as part of their retainer or their, their fee, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to give you one you know, walk through per, yep. per quarter, whatever. Yep. Um, and that's, that's great value. And so we can do that with, again, what we're doing. We just have to have boots on the ground to accommodate it to, for the DIY landlord. If that doesn't exist, well, we can easily create it. One of our team members can go out. We'll have a, a checklist of sorts and then provide that as feedback. Yeah. It's all about your cadence, however you want it. Talk about that briefly. So when you say one of your team members, you're saying, are you meaning one of your vendors or do you Vendors, mean... uh, licensed agents, okay. right? Um, as our team grows, we now have folks all around the Twin Cities. And so for a, a quick, uh, you know, I don't know if you do this with your buyer's agents or when you're in the real estate world, some folks will just pay 
50 bucks to go show my client a property because they're not available uh, with us. You can, same with like if you have a vacancy and, and somebody through Zillow or your marketing efforts comes in and they want to show it. Uh, if you're not available as a landlord, well, you can press a few buttons and deploy one of our team members out. We'll go do it. You have the safety that like we're a legit provider versus like your buddy going out, not really proactively, like speaking the language of what a landlord or property manager should be doing. Sorry about that. Um, but yes, no, you can, again, we can, uh, we, we have the tools in place that allow you as a landlord, like if that's what you need, press a button that automatically kicks over to us. We give you a, a time frame of when we can get over there. And then at the end of the day, an invoice, like, well, it's all through our system. And we do that, you pay us and we're out the door and you've been delivered the service. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're almost creating in that bucket property management as a service. Sure. Well, I can see where that's a unique selling proposition for your software compared to, like you mentioned, Cozy. Sure. You know, if you're if you're using Cozy for your, you know, back-end software, yeah. uh, rent collection, whatnot, I don't think you can click on a button and have somebody from their team go and, you know, show the property or visit the property for, for any reason. Yeah, and for them, that's not their business model. Right. For us, it's all about, because we're local, like we just, we want to touch as many properties as we can and provide as much value for as many people as we can because we can assist everybody along the way. A tenant, like our goals with with tenants, we can connect them with obviously making their, their time in that unit as positive as possible. Um, but also at the same time, we can help them. Their goal is to buy a property. They just let us know and we can connect them with credit repair specialists or here's how you buy a home. And now they've been put in this little nice little bucket and we warm them up and then Let's say the, if you're most, you know, some of the landlords are licensed agents, we can say, here you go. You get a, you get somebody who's no longer going to be renting your place, but they're ready to go somewhere else. And, and it's your job to help them. And so we're able to kind of, we're able to serve as many people as, as we possibly can. And then uh, as we expand into new markets, like our expansion is pretty simple. Like when we go, it's software. So I mean, we're operating in St. Cloud, we're operating in Duluth. When it comes to boots on the ground, we already have some vendors set up and that's because our landlords that are in those markets, well, they're setting up their own vendors that are flowing through our system. And then for us, we just need licensed agents and our value prop for those agents is lead gen that we're able to provide them. And now we're growing in those markets. And again, my example earlier, the Duluth uh, buyer wants to find something down in the cities and now we're creating that connection through our, our platform. Yep. Oh, very neat. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited that you are, you know, based in our marketplace here. And so we can watch you grow and participate in that. And so, yeah, it's really great value that you're providing our community here. Thank you. Um, well, listen, um, we need to kind of wrap things up here for the purpose of this discussion. Ah, but <laughs> everybody's bummed who's listening to this. Yeah. Right. Um, as before I let you go. Uh, there's a couple of questions I just want to ask so that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. And so number one is why do you get up in, in the morning? Um, usually it's my daughter who's crying. Um, and I'm usually up at like 1 a.m., 3 a.m., and 5.30. She's <laughs> nine months. Um, uh, but for me, I get up in the morning because like I am truly excited about now. It's when you have a kid, you're, you're kind of gaming towards how do I set her up for the for the best life possible. So for, for me, it's, it's staring at her and, and saying, how do I make your life better? Uh, when you've started your own business, you know, there are stressful, stressful days. 
Uh, but I've learned to compartmentalize some of those stressors and focus on um, providing a better life for, for Nora and um, clearly my wife as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, what event or person in your past was monumental or pivotal to kind of create who you are today? It's a great question. Um, for me, it was, it was looking at the business model that I was in and, and so the business model that I was in, I could never, I could work harder than my boss, I could produce a lot more results than whoever I was working for. At the end of the day, I could never supplant them when it comes to a income stream. Um, I wanted, you know, I got to a point where energy in, energy out, the output needs to be there. And I, I don't know the exact moment that that kicked in, um, but looking at the model and knowing that I could produce $10 million in revenue for the company a year, but only get paid X, that was my pivotal moment of, well, let me go produce that and I can touch and have a greater impact on so many more people. Uh, so that's kind of where that all got into play there. Very good. Yeah. Um, and then what is the best way that people can get in touch with you if they like to learn more about Zenlord Pro? Yeah. Um, Facebook, uh, Steve Gerton, you can find my profile. Uh, I don't think there are many Steve Gertons out there, uh, but look for the one that has... <laughs> three total people in it, uh, one with the newborn, and that'll be me. Uh, our webpage, zenlordpro.com, and uh, LinkedIn, I'm on there. You can send me a message and then bigger pockets. Uh, those are kind of the big areas that I spend if I'm on those. I've been trying to eliminate a lot of the social media from my day, um, but if you reach out to me on those platforms, uh, happy to answer questions. Uh, or dive further into some of the, the topics that we covered and, and assist where needed. Yeah, wonderful. Um, well, again, again, I appreciate you coming in today. Yeah. I want to just give you a small gift as a token of my appreciation. Oh, it's yeah. the official Maximizing Your Property Value mug. I love it. And I'm going to use it right now. <laughs> Very good. Are you more likely to use it for water? I'm going to do Well, tea? I already chugged my coffee. Coffee. So. <laughs> it's the best best uh, mug I've ever drank out of. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. This is great. Well, uh, I want to talk to our audience briefly. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you got anything out of this episode, be sure to share it out. Be sure to give it a like. Be sure to comment below. Uh, we really appreciate your five-star rating review on iTunes. And with that, we will see you next time. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. John. Appreciate it. Yep. The opinions shared on this show are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as a solicitation for representation or investment in any specific offering. Please consult with your financial, legal, tax, and real estate advisor before making any investment decisions. John Stiles is a licensed Minnesota real estate agent with Bridge Realty. Thanks for tuning in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating rental properties as a successful business. If you're considering scaling up, downsizing, or right-sizing your real estate investment portfolio, it's important to know how to determine your property's value in today's market. That's why I've put together a free ebook for you called How to Calculate Your Investment Property's Value. To get your copy, go to www.realestatestyles.com forward slash value. Now, if you found any value in today's show, be sure to subscribe to our email newsletter, YouTube channel, and podcast through your favorite podcast player. All the links are in the show notes. And would you do me a big favor? Help me get the word out about this show by sharing with your friends on Facebook and LinkedIn. 
And lastly, we appreciate your five-star rating on iTunes. I really appreciate you and wish you the best in your real estate investing career. Signing off, I'm John Stiles with Bridge Realty. Make it a great day.